Hey everyone, it's Lenny B here with Bobby TX and also Tommy joining us from Atascosa County. Um, we are going to be chatting today for episode five about filing pro se lawsuits and all of the knowledge and experience that we have gained over the past year of doing this together. Um, Tommy has been instrumental in filing and helping to file a lot of cases over the past year. And um, I think the key points we really want to get across to all of you listening is that you can be doing this too. The whole point of filing yourself and understanding the legal system yourself is because that is where we have to fight. When we say use your pen, fight with your pen, this is what we mean because we are free on paper and the paper that we're free on is the laws that we currently have and our constitution and the way that you fight for your rights and defend your rights is by going through the court system and challenging what's happening um, through the law. Now that doesn't mean that you're going to win. Sometimes you think, gosh, I've got a rock solid case here. Everything makes sense. It's well cited, it's well sourced, and the, and the law seems to be on my side. Well, that's the state of the affairs that we're in right now. Um, the, you know, I think we always hear from our favorite podcaster that, you know, um, the executive branch can be corrupted. The legislative branch is, you know, as we all know, is very corrupted. But when the judicial branch is corrupted, that's when we're truly screwed. And so, you know, we really see this process as uncovering where the corruption is in our judicial system and understanding how lawfare is used to abuse power. And, um, and really, I think you have to know when you dive into something like this, that you're in this for the long haul. And um, we kind of really, I don't know how it happened, but we kind of found everyone in our, our broader group of, you know, over a thousand people, um, a, a few who really want to fight and really understood that this was a, a long haul fight and um, and is willing to offer their skills in any way that they can to um, to either, you know, research, um, read various resources, um, use their their words, maybe they're really good with legal words um, to to form legal arguments to find evidence. Um, we talked about PIAs, filing PIAs and information um, request last week to edit documents. I mean, just grammar, right? Um, and some are just, you know, lending their hand as somebody who's sitting in a county who, you know, is just the person who wanted to help put their name on the on the lawsuit from that county. So everyone has something to offer. There's, um, there's uh, you know, quite a few people who like to dig in this way. And when we talk about fighting with your pen, this is it. So um, with that, I would love to hear from Tommy about, you know, just some of your background, um, how you decided to help with this process and, you know, what the first case was that you got involved in. So my background is um, just business, right? So I've worked in um, as uh, executive assistants to um, vice presidents and presidents of large company, most of it's in the oil and gas industry. Um, doing that 
we, uh, the last company I worked for, we get a lot of specialty um, fuels, and you'll see it. I won't name the company, but you will see it at a lot of your um, race car series, mostly dirt. Um, and in order to have that type of relationship or um, with these different series, the vice president of the sales would, I would set up the meetings, I would get everything started. Um, and then we would have this conference and it was my job to take the notes and then formulate that and put it into a form of a contract that would then go to um, obviously our uh, attorney at the office and she would basically, and she was really great about this, she would go through and change some of it and then she would send it back to me showing the edits, right? Um, so that way I could learn and I could get better at it and she wouldn't have to do as much. Um, so that's kind of how I kind of know a little bit more about um, drafting these. But what really got piqued my interest was one day, and I'm a lurker, so I was in the background, I'm watching everything going on and not knowing whether or not I should trust this because I had tickets to go to January 6th. And at the last minute, I had a bad feeling and did not go. So I, not only did I lose a lot of money, I just didn't go. Um, but Lenny comes out one day and she says, hey, we want to do this writ of mandamus against the governor to make him stop um, doing these executive orders for emergencies. And I was kind of like, since I'm not a drinker, hold my Dr. Pepper and watch this. I kind of <laughs> just threw this thing together. And when I look back on that one now, I'm like, it was so amateur. <laughs> Compared to what we do now, which is where we go into a lot of detail. Um, there's another lady that um, is part of the group, and she came in and completely took that writ of mandamus and made it into an exceptional document. And we kind of used that as a template to do the rest of our writ of mandamus against county officials. However, as soon as we decided to go into state, we decided to go a different route and go as far as a civil suit and a complaint, where we're gonna go after government officials at this point. So we went ahead and we did that in Travis County. We found out a lot going through Travis County. One of them is, is that the court will not treat you the way they should. The federal government, according to the Supreme Court, states that we have the right to enter the people's court and seek, uh, you know, redress for our grievances. But these county clerks, these court clerks, and the judges themselves, who have no problem promoting while they're being elected of their liberal views, no problems whatsoever putting that out there. And they just don't treat us the same. They will not allow us to contact the court. They won't let us go into the court without an appointment because of COVID. Here we are two years later, still can't get into the court. Um, the electronic filing system is ridiculous. It doesn't always um, serve our plaintiffs and defendants. But the most egregious thing that I found that simply really made my blood boil was the fact that the AG's office could come back with a rule that was just enacted for the judicial courts that's similar to a federal court in what they call the 12, uh, Rule 12A, 
where they can just simply come out and say everything that we're saying is not true. No evidence behind it. It's just not true. Oh, and by the way, you're not serving anyone right, even though we have the tracking document. It was just ridiculous. You took a picture of these stack of papers that you printed and actually served them in the mail and have documentation that they did receive it. And then they would claim we didn't serve them. Yeah, but the ironic part is, is that um, when we decided to leave state and move to federal, because we now we understand, right? We're like, okay, so we're just basically filing, poking the bear, looking to see how they're going to fight us on the merits or not on the merits in which they don't go for the merits at all. They go for sovereign immunity. And then they just come out and say, you know what, everything you're saying is not based on fact, and therefore we should just be able to throw your, your complaint out the window. Um, so having watching them do all of that is just, it just aggravates you. So at one point when we decide we're going to leave state and we're going to go to federal, we filed a motion to basically say, okay, we're dismissing this in state. And one of the plaintiffs, one of the defendants that they were saying never got served, the AG's office then emails us back and says, oh, by the way, this defendant sent me this uh, motion. I was never served it. And I was like, whoa, well, I thought her email wasn't working. I thought, you know, the address we had never served her. But this is what they do. And, you know, then they're trying to say that we didn't serve them. So here's the thing about Yossi, and this is why we say PIA people. We have diggers, we have writers, we have formatters, we have people that will read the law and interpret it and see it different than what you're seeing it, and that's phenomenal. Um, but she was really great about that. The Secretary of State sends her a letter, and it was kind of intimidating about it, the way they sent it. Well, because you're part of a lawsuit, we can't give you any information, and then quoted the lawsuit. And I'm like, hmm. So they knew about the law. Like you were served. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that that we had Josie on last week. Yes, it was because of a PIA she sent in to the Secretary of State that we were actually had documentation because they were there was internal communications between the Secretary of State and the Attorney General's office who represents the Secretary of State in any lawsuits brought forward that actually quoted and cited our lawsuit that they claimed they had not been served with. The perfect part was is that they said they walked it over. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is how blatant it is. This is how blatant uh, the corruption is, just so y'all know. I mean, even like we are talking about Texas here. So if you thought, oh, the problems are only in Arizona or Michigan or whatever. Yeah, Texas is the freest state, blah, blah, blah. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. And this yeah. is where we hope to get our point across, right? I mean, Bobby, like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, this, like, and this has been going on for years. Like, we, we just realized it because we started pushing up against it. And there, there is an air of arrogance from everyone on the other side. Like, who are you little people who think you can say something to us? Um, exactly. uh, you know, 
be, being copied on all of those emails, it was really eye-opening. It was like, oh, you crazy weirdos who think you can do this. It's like, no, no, no. Like, I, I don't know, but I think everybody on this call and everybody listening, we grew up in this country knowing that we own it, right? We, the people, founded it. It's our country. And then, like, these idiots were elected or are in these uh, bureaucratic roles running the government. And we're over here thinking, like, they're doing, they're following the rules. But they're, they're not. They're over there, like, just owning it. And, like, if you think you can come in and tell them to change the color of the carpet, they're going to freak out. You can't tell them to do anything. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast was to get the word out that, you know, we're a little group and we don't want you to necessarily join our group and and do everything we're doing, but that this is possible. Like you you don't have to just take it. You can you can file a lawsuit yourself. You don't have to go find an attorney right, and give them a huge uh you know amount of money to get them to just start your case and then wait while they continue to bill you forever. Right. Like you can just take you can you can take uh, the bull by the horns and just go in there and then they'll throw you out and you'll learn something and you can go back and you get thrown out again. I mean, you're really not out much other than a filing fee and some time, but you, at least you have the, the satisfaction that you're doing something, right? Because before we started this, like you, you we, I was under the impression that the people there's good guys and bad guys in all of these offices and those people are working for us. And the more I find out about who's working in these buildings, I think they're all bad. And that's why they got, that's why they get a job working in that building. Like you don't go work for the attorneys general to get a public salary, which is less than you would make if you were a really good attorney working in a private firm. You don't go there for no reason. You go in there for a very specific reason because you're in a cool kids club where you're going to do things that none of the other people do and you got you get, you get invited to parties you got control over who's getting what you get there's all kinds of corruption going on behind the scenes that's why they take government salaries yeah and uh, i think the important thing though is that even if there was a good guy like they box them in right yes. and they like the bad <laughs> ones that have been there for a really long time kind of surround the good one and kind of cordon them off somehow. I don't know exactly how they do it, but they sure figure out a way. I mean, if you thought our friend Warren Ken Paxton was a was a, a a good guy, I mean, you know, maybe in some senses, I don't know, but you know, we had to go up against him as he represents the Secretary of State. And I think a lot of people think, oh, well, the Attorney General is it works for the people. We elected him, right? No. You know, he represents the executive branch. And so if you sue anyone in the executive branch, you're going to go up against the attorney general and he's going to fight you with every, you know, breath that he has because, you know, attorneys only serve their client. And, you know, in this case, the people over here, oh, these little peons, they're, we're not the client, right? There's there's no, oh, I represent both sides. No, it's a conflict of interest. His, his primary you know, client is the Secretary of State who we were suing. And, you know, it's it's really eye-opening to be in a position where you are going up against an attorney general and they're fighting you on these little things like, oh, we didn't get your email. Or it's like almost like my, my dog, my homework. I mean, it's like they're not fighting on the merits of the case. It's all about procedure. And it's all because they have all been elected through this corrupt system. 
And so that is why we chose to kind of go into federal court and see, you know, what would happen there, because we did go through federal to file against the Dallas Independent School District for the mass mandates. And we were able to, you know, that quickly got dismissed, even though we amended the emotion, which was really quite a story in itself because they that told was a nightmare all of it the clerk you know basically gave misinformation to all of us you know trying to amend the complaint um anyway but it is now sitting in the fifth circuit scotus in louisiana um and we should get a ruling on that um this month so you know but you know who knows what's going to happen with that but i want you all to know we filed that probably in september mm -hmm. it's now june Okay, and we're finally maybe going to get a decision on that. So, I mean, this is not something that is quick, right? I mean, this is not like there is no, this is not a microwave, ding, it's ready, like, you know, or doing one thing, you know, like this is not that. So, um, you have to know going into this, and that's why it's kind of nice to be a part of the group to kind of, you know, let off steam together, work together, throw ideas off each other. Um, but really what we're looking for are people who are willing to pay attention to what's going on in their county and to hold their officials accountable. I mean, this is how they play dirty is through lawfare. So we wanna play clean by holding them to their laws and to their words. Um, we use their own words, like here is the law and here is what you did. I mean, our law says in Texas pre, you know, 2021, they changed it. I they think, did. You know, this to me, like, I gotta just take a moment to, to kind of share this with everyone. Because I think when we saw this, I don't know about you, but my jaw dropped to the absolute floor when I figured this out. We, you know, we kind of got the inkling, okay, we, these machines are not supposed to be connected to the internet, okay, right? Do you think that, you know, you hear that all the time, these machines are not connected to the internet. These machines are not connected to the internet. If you actually read the Texas law pre-SB1, right? It was SB1, right? Pre-SB1, which was voted in by our legislature, by our supposed good guys, right? You think the Republicans are the good guys, they're not. By this group of Republicans, SB1 changed our law to make it actually worse for all of us, okay? So before it said the machines cannot be connected to any network inclusive of the internet. So that included any other weird things you can think of like Bluetooth and, you know, Wi-Fi and um, Wi -Fi. and the internet and, you know, whatever weird other protocols we're learning about now that we know they're connecting with, like, you know, Blackberry type protocols or whatever, right? System on chip things like that would have included everything. So the 2020 election was subject to that law. Well, in SB1, which they said was supposed to help with election integrity, they changed the law to say, oh, um, they can actually, the machines can actually have these connections, um, but they just have to promise not to use them, but they can have these connections through 2026. Okay, so they actually made the law weaker when we all thought they were making the law stronger. So it's really important to be engaged in the process and to understand where they're screwing you um, royally through wording. I mean, they're using their pins, so we need to use ours. Didn't, didn't they market SB1 as, as the election integrity bill? They did. They did. So, so like everybody's angry, 
about, you, you know, like uh, Biden cheated, right? Like everybody's angry. So we'll take that energy and we'll talk about integrity. And we're, we want, we're, we're doing something to support, you know, red-blooded Texans who are pissed off about election integrity. We're going to pass this bill. And like there's probably a bunch of voters in, in the state of Texas that think SB1 was good and that all of the people who represent them like went out there and stuck it to those Democrats who got on that plane and they stuck it to them because now we got election we got election integrity with SB1 when really all it really did was make it easier for them to cheat. Yep. And it, it made and it easier to cheat and easier to hide their tracks. It reduced the offense from a felony to a misdemeanor. Yeah. So not only did it make it easier for them to cheat, it made it so that they don't even like have to serve any kind of time for cheating. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and they, 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 all of this assumes that there is an elected official who will take it upon themselves to actually bring a case against someone to, to, to prosecute this, which they, they won't, which is why we exist, right? The AG, and the AG can't prosecute it anymore. So they came out with, with um, you know, Section 273. This gives the AG the right to be able to go to any county and you know go ahead and prosecute and there they come here come my dogs <laughs> yeah so they can't even he the ag can't prosecute any cases but he so don't, can investigate. don't expect to come him to come in and yeah, in a but here's the thing, he can investigate and that's what ticks me off about it we all got together and all that that section says two people from each county um sending in an affidavit with information showing election fraud and he shall investigate. We sent um, and did a writ of mandamus against him in the Texas Supreme Court. He opened it up, he read it, he saw all those affidavits and did nothing. And what did the Supreme Court do? They denied to even review it. Why? Because they can and they don't have to tell us why. No, and they're all elected too. And they're all elected. Out in election year, they did this. Of course they did. On an election year. Yeah, as they can. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? That's basically what they're saying. And the whole, look, so you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, why would I get involved in this? Why would I I do this? And the key is, why, why would you do this? Why do you continue to do this, Tommy? Why do I do? Because that's my court. And they're going to hear me. That's my court. I pay your salary. I'm the one that put you there. You're going to hear my grievances. You're going to redress them. And if you won't, I will take it somewhere else. But Mm -hmm. you will hear me. And it doesn't matter if I win or not. They are being served, and it specifically says on every complaint I file, let this be a warning and let this bring notice to every elected and unelected official in my government. We are coming. Yes. Because yeah, I'm not playing. Not I, most of us are not. We're not playing. That's my court. That's my court. That's not your court. And you're going to yep. hear me. And, well, I mean, you're all each, of us. Because there's a lot time, of us that write these stuff. And, and each time we do this, it's they they're forced to allocate resources to respond to us. Mm-hmm. Like there's only so many people that work in the attorney general's office, and. Um, this is just one action. Like we, we're, we're bringing multiple things, and the more people who get involved and bring them, I mean, we the people, 
there's millions of us. There's only like a hundred people that work in that office. I mean, sooner or later, this is going to be so loud and deafening that they're not going to be able to ignore us. And at the moment, they think like, who are these people that came home? They haven't realized that the owner has come home and the owner is going to clean house. And that's who we are, right? Like we're not, like we didn't know they were in there drunk, spending like a sailor doing whatever they want. And now that we're aware of what's going on, we're not, we're not going to tolerate it anymore. And then they can point out procedure and they can point out notice and whatever. So we'll get better. And the better we get, the less they're going to be able to ignore us. They're not going to be able to throw us out because we, their email didn't work. I mean, they might get away with that once, but then we'll say, well, it's been seven times. You got it all these seven times. And there's an email trail about how you discussed having received the document that you're claiming you didn't receive. So sooner or later, there's going to be so much evidence that they're completely corrupt that they're going to have to come up with a new story. And pushing them off their game to respond to us is better than just leaving them there and trusting that they're going to do the right thing because they have not been doing the right thing maybe ever. I, you know, I'm not, I'm, I, I was convinced that like this corruption started, <laughs> but this is, I don't, I, the more I learn about this, I don't think it's ever been recent. I think it's always been like this. There's always been this massive corruption where, where the haves and the have nots, you know, we're in charge. We run the thing. We couldn't leave it up to you regular people. You guys make a bunch of bad decisions that wouldn't, you know, reinforce my own interests. Mm-hmm. So I'm in charge. And that's why, you know, my dad was a senator, my dad, my granddad was a senator, my great granddad was a House representative. Like there's this, there's just like, they've kept the power for years and years and years. Which is the first dynasty. But I think a lot of things that um, have changed. So in the 60s, you had everyone out protesting, right? Peacefully protesting, showing up in masses, getting things done. That doesn't work for us. If we've learned anything from January 6th, that doesn't work for us. So how do we show up in masses and rally against this? You put your name on a document. And it's not, it's really not as hard as it seems. Does it take a lot of studying? It can. Um, But we have templates already. You see something corrupt? You see fraud? You come to us. You tell us. We'll give you, we'll give you, we'll show you, we'll teach you. And you can write it yourself and you can file it. It's not as hard as they make it. It doesn't require um, a college degree. It doesn't require a, you know, God knows whatever kind of, you know, language skills. It's plain English. And it's, I'm here. This is what you did wrong. This is what I want. And I'm requesting the judge to rule in my favor. Yeah, it's really, I think it's as simple as that. And we can share the depth of our learning. It's not to say that the first time you go in, you're going to win. You probably won't. Um, We've had, you know, people sanctioned. I mean, look, all these things happen. But again, there are remedies for all of those things. And so, you know, what did uh, we hear last night that, you know, evil cowers in the in the face of uh, of good? Um, if we if we stand firm and know that we're in the right and continue to chip away at this, um, then we will get somewhere. And I think the key point is to get it on record so that your kids at least know you tried, right? That's what I always tell myself. It's just like get your name on the document so that you are on record as um, as giving a shit. Okay, and um, and then it's putting them on notice, right? It's putting it on record, which means that it's public record. 
Um, our, our, all of our cases are public record if you want to look them up. Um, they are, right? I'm not, not afraid of it. I mean, I, it's there and it's true and it's well sourced. You can read through it. Um, we've taken these cases across, you know, many different avenues, but um, they get specific by county. I think the key is to have more counties join in. We've got um, how many represented? We've probably got like 20 different counties represented in this. Um, 11, actually. We have two from any county. We have 11 counties represented. We actually have over 50 who did PIAs, but not all of them joined in on the case. Um, and then even some of the ones who are in on the case haven't yet gotten all the information that they want to from their county because their county clerks are, hang, you know, don't provide the information and just, you know, aren't are being bullies basically. Um, so we really could use help with a lot um, with adding more counties. I mean, there are some key counties that I think are not represented in our group. So if you're listening and you're from like El Paso County, for example, we really would welcome someone from El Paso um, participating and helping. We haven't, I'm from there, so that's kind of why I'm like, but I just feel like there's really nobody in our group from that area. Um, so, you know, El Paso is a key one. I think any of the counties that are surrounding big cities are critical right now. We are learning a lot about the rural counties that surround big cities and how they fractionalize votes and take from these rural counties to pad the city to make it appear blue. Um, so counties like Bastrop, um, around Austin. Um, Medina, next to San Antonio. Yes, there are so many kind of rural counties surrounding big cities that um, we're finding a lot of really interesting things from um, and how they kind of collude together um, to, you know, it's amazing. You wouldn't believe how the election administrators all collude together and meet up and, and kind of join together to do certain things. It's really been a very eye-opening. So um, I really appreciate you coming on, Tommy, and your wealth of experience. And, you know, we are so appreciative to you with the skills that you have to be able to write these cases along with Christine. Um, you know, I, honestly, we wouldn't be as far along as we are without you. I know that I even... I struggle, you know, I know Bobby and I struggle with kind of even writing the case for Travis County and also how exactly to file cases in very corrupt counties. I mean, there, there's quite a few of us in the very corrupt areas of Harris County and Travis County and Dallas County that have been like, okay, where do we go from here? Um, so it's just important to know that we're all at various stages in our learning and, and abilities, um, but it doesn't mean that we can't do something. So even if you're good at editing documents or you know, asking for documents or digging on information, reading various things, like every skill you can bring to the table matters. Um, and things that you can uncover about your county can help all of us. So we want to get as many counties represented as possible. We've got, like I said, we've got probably like 40 to 50 information from all of them, but we need further digging in those counties to get uncover, you know, some specific bullet points of things that have um, that have gone wrong. Just getting the information to us does not um, provide all of the answers, and it just you know it just kind of breeds more questions. And so um, please reach out to us again. I'm Lenny BG on Telegram. We've got Bobby TX um, on Telegram. Reach out to either one of us um, if you want to get involved and you want to help um, from your county. But no, like we're not going to do everything for you. There's only so many of us, um, but we can share some templates. And, and really, it's about rolling your sleeves up and. 
understanding what your county has done and the contracts that you have with um, you know your election voting machine manufacturers um, and um, and putting all the pieces together so I hope you know now that we've gone through five of these episodes we've we've talked about how you get the information how you analyze it how you file a lawsuit um, we're getting there guys we just need more of you to step up and and help us out so that we can continue to churn through their resources and help them understand that there's a whole lot of us who understand the issues and um and hold them accountable that's, yeah. that's it the, the only thing i think we haven't said is that if if you're hearing this like share it with somebody who's not online like there there's I, the more I talk to the talk about this to people offline, the more this, I'm shocked at how surprised they are that there's people actually doing something. It's like yeah, like yeah, we're just regular people. Like it's not like there's a whole whole bunch of you know high powered attorneys from from the Northeast that came into Texas to help us. It's like no, this is just regular people working together, exchanging text messages back and forth to form ideas and then sharing documents and proofreading them together. I mean, this is this is. I mean, what a, what an amazing story, and that, and like a great group of people, like lifelong friends, fl- friendships are being built across this whole thing. So you know, talk we're to all in different counties. We're all in different counties, different you know areas, and we all have different backgrounds. I mean, everyone like people. You cannot judge a book by its cover. I can't imagine you know the skills that people have, and they have no um, no background for this, but they do. Right? It's like you know, people have skills that they don't realize they have. And it's not until you have to do something like this that they come out, you know? So just to make it clear, I don't have a degree. I always started it, but then I started a family and never finished it. So everything I've learned, it's because I picked up a book, watched a YouTube video, or practically put it to use. So all of this is putting it to use. Mm -hmm. That's how I, that's that's everything I've learned. You that's learn by doing. <laughs> Most people are shocked when I say, I said, no, I don't, I don't have a degree. Well, we certainly, no one in the group certainly has a degree, a law degree, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I should get one, right? Uh, yeah. I, I can go on and on, but we've hit our 30 minutes. And so I want to give the time back to the people and we will, we can do a part two um, on this topic. I would love to get, delve more into this with um, Christine and the, and the writ she filed against our state legislature and sovereign immunity and, you know, all these kinds of arguments um, I think are important to just talk about just so people get familiar with the terms because they don't have to be scary, unknown black box terms. We we can the more we talk about them, the more we learn about them, and we realize that um, yeah, it's just plain English, and that it should be um, a lot simpler. And the only reason it's not simple is because of corruption. <laughs> so um, with that, thank you so much for listening today. Please share this with somebody else. You can find us at focusedaction.io and you can hear all of the previous podcasts. If this is the first one you're listening to, we've got a few others. So have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.